1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, thanks for making us part of your day. We are out and about today, live here at Tim Daly Infinity. Come on by, hang out with us. Let's go. Let's have some fun. Excited for our next conversation. Um, really looking forward to this conversation because obviously Baylor is having a fantastic season and we really need to start to get into more of the details of the personnel and how they're putting this season together. Well, joining us now, he's the play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, uh, John Morris, kind enough to join us. John, how are you? Hey, John. Guys, doing great. Great to be on with you. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to this game coming up on uh, Saturday. Oh, this could be a fun one for sure. And again, John joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Uh, all right, so you and uh, we had a chat with you preseason leading into this game. And we thought, what is going on with that rushing attack? Just a little over two yards of carry last season in that weird COVID season. <laughs> now this team's over six yards of carry. Whatever was ailing that Baylor offense, they sure got it fixed. What do you attribute it to? Yeah, maybe I'm in a better mood now than when we talked before, right? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it has been uh, it has been so much better, so much more productive. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give credit, a lot of credit, to uh, to Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateo. So how about that? Uh, there you go. Blast from the past for you guys. But they are here. Obviously, we're at BYU, and obviously, we are pleased to have him here. Coach Grimes is our offensive coordinator, and Coach Mateos is our offensive line coach. But it's this new offense, this wide zone offense that they brought in and that you guys know so well and installed here. And it has just been, uh, you know, it's been night and day, really, productivity-wise for Baylor's offense. You mentioned some of the rushing numbers. Uh, we've had, I think, five or 600-yard rushing days already this year by individuals. Uh, we're up near the top in the Big 12, first or second in rushing offense. So it, it really has been a dramatic transformation of our offense and uh, I think those two guys, uh, and certainly the players, you know, running their plays are, are to get the credit for it. Well, let's talk about those players. Smith and Ebner, it sounds a little bit like uh, a jewelry company, but Smith and Ebner yeah. are two guys that are responsible for nearly 1,000 yards on the ground. Talk about those two running backs, their differences, and what you expect in their usage this weekend against BYU. Well, you'll see them both, and they're they're – you know, I, I want to say interchangeable, but that wouldn't be fair to either of those guys. Treston uh, has really changed his running style. That's Treston Ebner. He uh, is from Henderson, Texas, over in East Texas. And he was a guy that would, uh, you know, really bounce it to the outside. You know, first first threat of contact, he would bounce it to the outside. And the coaches were really on him. You need to be more of a north and south runner. And he listened to him, and he has changed his running style. It's amazing how, how uh, he has taken to the new style. So he is more of a north and south runner uh, in this wide zone. I think it fits him really well. He can go outside if that's where the opening is. He can cut it, you know, if he needs to do that. So he is uh, – and he's a really good special teams player as well. He'll return kicks and return punts for us. So his uh, all-purpose yards are really, really good. Um, the other guy is Abram Smith, and he's a converted linebacker. And, uh, you know, he kind of is a running back like a, like a linebacker would run as a running back. Um, he is just straight up the middle, you know, a bull, uh, a, a lot like Algiers of what I've seen so far. Um, and he has been very, very productive also. Runs between the tackles 
and just bulls his way for positive yardage pretty much every time he touches the ball. Bohannon's yet to throw an interception. Uh, what do you attribute to his play, and, and, and how impressive have you been with him throughout the course of the season? Yeah, very. Uh, you know, this is a guy that won a quarterback battle. Three guys competed. Gary Bohannon was, was the clear number one, and he has really taken to that role very well. Uh, you guys will understand this. Uh, he, you know, he hadn't thrown an interception yet this year, and uh, we mentioned that once in pregame. And then we don't mention it at all during the game. And if it's still standing, we'll mention it in post game again. But we don't want to be the ones to jinx him, you know, or anybody accuse us of jinxing him throwing his first interception. But I would attribute it to, again, going back to Coach Grimes and uh, putting him in positions to succeed, you know, playing to his strengths. And, and he's got some strengths. He can throw the ball deep. He can throw the mid-range. You know, he can uh, run the option and run it really well also. So I think the coaches have just put him in positions where he can be successful. And the numbers, you know, kind of bear that out through six games. Well, through six games, it's been impressive what this offensive line has done to protect Bohannon, not allowing more than a sack a game. They've been very impressive. I know Oklahoma State was able to get after him a little bit and get some pressure. They had three sacks, and there were a few pressures out there. What did Oklahoma State do to get back to Bohannon? Yeah, you know what they they did? They really stacked the line, and we couldn't get them out of that. And and that's what – uh, our running game was the worst that game, uh, worse than any other game this year. They got pressure on Bohannon like he hadn't had all season, and like you said, the three sacks. So they just really stacked the box. And, you know, what do you do against that? Well, you throw to, to make them back off a little bit, but we couldn't complete any passes, couldn't complete even short-range passes to get them out of that. So they just stayed up there all all night. And uh, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty putrid offensive performance, especially in the first half. Uh, the final was 24 to 14, but just not the offensive numbers that Baylor has uh, shown in every other game. So, uh, so that was the loss, the one loss. And then our guys bounced back really nicely, and Bohannon threw the ball more this past week in the win over West Virginia, and that kept them from stacking the box, and uh, and it led to a really big win. So, Oklahoma State, I think they learned from it, and it was a tough loss, but uh, I think they're better having gone through that. Um, knowing what they need to do when teams stack the box against Baylor. So this defense gave up 29 points a game last year, um, and you know with Dave Aranda and his history defensively, he's not going to put up with that. Now they're averaging only 17 points a game. Uh, what is what is the cause of that improvement? Uh, I think another year in Ron Roberts' system, he's the defensive coordinator, and they, they really didn't change much from year one to year two. And we've got 10 starters back. Uh, you know, you, you, I can appreciate uh, the uh, uh, just continuity there with those guys back this year. And then the one newcomer is uh, a transfer. He's from Salt Lake City originally, uh, played at LSU, transferred to Baylor Apu Ika, um, who's kind of a space heater in the middle of that defensive line. So just a lot of experience there. And, uh, again, uh, credit our, our defensive coaches for uh, really scheming it well, and the numbers bear out how much better they are this year than last year. So, Dave Aranda, with with his play calling history, does does he uh, does he still? I mean, you have a DC, but does he give him autonomy to call a defensive play, or does that still uh, fall on Dave Aranda? 
Yeah, no, that's a good question, but he doesn't. I mean, he lets Ron Roberts call the defense. Uh, Dave is a, you know, this is his first head coaching job. Last year was his first year, and this is only his second year as a head coach. But I think he, uh, number one, he trusts Coach Roberts to do that. Number two, he's got a lot of other things going on, a lot of other uh, people um, uh, talking in his ear. So he lets him make those calls, and uh, I, I don't know how hard that was for him because he's been a D.C., you know, every stop up until here had to be a a learning process for him you know to let go of that I was looking at Baylor's and I know they've got that passing defense I was looking at their ability to get to the quarterback and I I think Ika is your is your leading sacker uh, at the defensive tackle position but what other pressures are you seeing Um, who else is very capable of getting back and stirring up the pocket yeah, I think it's it's pretty much everybody is capable of doing that on the front line and then the linebackers. Uh, Terrell Bernard is our All-American linebacker, and he, he had a sack last week of Jarrett Dagey of West Virginia. Jalen Petrie is kind of that um, – the jack position is what they call it. It's that hybrid linebacker safety position, and he comes, you know, on a – on a safety blitz every once in a while also. But then Gabe Hall on the defensive front, he's had a sack or two himself. Uh, and uh, Braden Utley is another defensive end. Uh, Garmin Randolph is one of those guys. So really uh, they all, I think, work uh, sort of interchangeably. You know, if one guy gets gets double teamed, maybe that opens up somebody else and he might get in there to get the sack. So there's not one guy uh, that's going to get all those numbers. I think it's, you know, kind of a team sack and, you know, team uh, uh, contributions there. So you're playing a future Big 12 opponent in BYU. What's the mood out there in terms of what's been going on over the last uh, couple of months in terms of the Big 12, losing Texas and Oklahoma, and then adding uh, a few teams from the AAC and BYU? Yeah, well, I'm personally excited about uh, about this matchup. You know, a preview of coming attractions with BYU. And we'll play here this year. We'll play in Provo next year. And then then it's Big 12 (laughs) rivalry between Baylor and BYU. So um, I I really hate that we're losing Oklahoma and Texas. Those are some longstanding rivalries, especially Texas, you know, 100 miles down the road from us. And, uh, you know, it's just sad that uh, it's kind of like when A&M left. Uh, you know, it was sad, but they made their choice and they're gone. And uh, we're starting to play them in some sports, not football. And maybe it'll be the same with Texas. But they've made their decision. And I think the Big 12 did a really good job of finding some, uh, you know, the best schools out there available and interested in joining the Big 12. And uh, I, I prefer to look forward, you know, and look at it positively that we're adding four great schools and we're going to get, uh, you know, these new rivalries that we'll put in place now. And we'll get to travel to, to Provo, Utah, you know, on a regular occasion, which is great. So I, I think it's going to be great. I, I really like the way things have come out of what was a bad situation, but I think it's uh, turned into a positive situation. How do you feel BYU is going to be received as a university and as a football team coming into the Big 12? Um, I think good. I mean, you guys know this better than I do, but a national brand there and, uh, you know, very well recognized, very well thought of. Uh, From our perspective, you know, here at Baylor, it's another uh, faith-based school, and uh, we can appreciate that, you know, what what BYU stands for, you know, what Baylor stands for, the same type of thing. So we really appreciate that here also. 
So I, I think they'll be very well received. Uh, I think all the schools will. And uh, I think our fans will uh, love traveling to road games when we come out your way. Uh, I know we're, we're knee-deep in football right now, but tell you what, this is going to be one heck of a basketball conference, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and to be honest, that's one of the first things I thought of. You know, maybe the decision was made football first. Uh, a lot of these realignment decisions are. But, man, you think about the, the schools that are coming into our league, which has been number one or number two RPI in basketball, you know, for several years. And then the additions of BYU and Cincinnati and Houston. Houston was in the Final Four last year with us. And, uh, and then UCF also. So I, it is going to be some kind of league. I mean, it, it's, uh, I think it's going to be tougher. I think it would be tougher with these four new schools than it is right now. So I was just looking at this. West Coast Conference rankings came out. BYU picked to finish second, as always, behind Gonzaga in West Coast Conference and then a bunch of teams that I don't even know. I want to get your <laughs> thoughts. Um, where do you feel like BYU – would fall in line this year if they were coming out with the preseason conference rankings? Where do you feel like they'd fall in line? And I want to go minus Texas and minus Oklahoma, but where do you think BYU would fall in line? Yeah, you know, I I don't know uh, just because I don't know the team. I, I don't know. I mean, I know the generalities of the program, but not really the team this year. Um, I want to say, I want to say middle of the pack, but I don't know if that's fair. Um, we're going to have, you know, there's, there's some good, good teams here, good programs here in the Big 12. And I think, you guys watch for this, I think we'll have the Big 12 preseason poll out today. So uh, watch for that. Maybe BYU will be in there. Who knows there you go. when they release it today. <laughs> so then we'll all find out together. But I, I'm not dodging your question. I just don't really have a good handle on, on this year's team. And, you know, we'll have, uh, we'll have Kansas, we'll have Baylor, uh, if you include Texas, Texas, we could have three top ten teams uh, in the Big 12 this year uh, in the preseason poll. So that's how tough this league is in basketball, and I just think BYU is going to fit right in, fit in very well. So what are your expectations? If, uh, if Baylor's going to get a win against BYU, what do they need to do coming up on Saturday? Yeah, I got to run the ball, and uh, that's kind of the staple of this wide zone offense. So, got to be able to run the ball against a very tough defense, defensive front, and uh, can't make mistakes. Our guys have been really good in, in the takeaway category. Baylor's plus six on the year, so that has has really been something in Baylor's favor. And then our defense has just got to be able to uh, to stand up to that offensive front of of BYU with those big tackles and those big guys. So, um, you know, kind of kind of the basic stuff you would think in a game, um, I think those things have to go Baylor's way. And Gary Bohannon has to continue to run the offense, you know, as well as he has uh, to get to five and one record. Uh, but we got to run the ball. I mean, that's that's what really stymied Baylor against Oklahoma State and led to that loss. And if you can't do that, it really kind of gums up the works of what you want to do offensively. Well, hey, we appreciate your time, John. Great conversation, great insight. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and uh, look forward to future conversations when these two teams uh, face off more often in uh, Big 12 play. Absolutely. This may become a regular, huh? Yeah. for that to happen. But, Let's uh, hope it does. Appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. Thank you, you got very it. much. I appreciate it. John Thank Morris, uh, again, voice of the Baylor Bears. Great guy. Great guy, fun conversation, and – 
I was asking the basketball question more as to what strength that conference has right now, not so much what he thinks of BYU's team, but where he's talking about three potential top ten teams in Baylor, Kansas, and Texas, and you throw in a kind of a mixed bag of some of these other other teams, BYU is going to be fighting their butts off. But what's crazy is there's there's and I, I get it, Kansas is in there. It's going to be a lot of the same because it's still been the same way in the West Coast Conference. It's just you get recognizable names and recognizable games in your full conference slate instead of, well, we get Gonzaga here in the Marriott Center once a year. I want BYU fans just to start to grasp the reality of having Kansas and Texas Tech and Kansas State. And Houston and Cincinnati, Houston, Baylor. I mean, these are all these are all teams that have been Final Four teams. Iowa State, Iowa State, same, yeah. I mean, these are all great teams. They're coming to the Marriott Center, yeah. Instead of, and I get it, you're going to have to get over this Pacific. I, I get it, you're going to miss LMU. Hey, we, hey, look, we all love Pepperdine, but uh, we all, we all love the Toros and San Francisco. You mean and, the Toreros, but okay. And by the way, BYU fans. What, what did you say? The Toros. That's Toreros. Nobody cares. By the way, BYU fans. El Toro Viejo. Have been. Great ex- restaurant in Logan, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Extremely kind and generous to the West Coast Conference, as they should be, because the West Coast Conference did take on a, a group of sports when everybody was in a hurry to move out of the West Coast Co- or the Mount West Conference. They're like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Well, we'll take you. All right, put them over there. And then we'll figure out something moving forward. It just took a lot longer than they they probably thought to get this BYU basketball program that deserves prominence and recognition back to that. All right. So everything you said is absolutely true. And the fun part is you get to play Kansas and Texas Tech and Baylor and all these elite-level basketball teams. Uh, The downside is you have to play Texas Tech and Kansas and Baylor. Like, don't, don't come at me with the be careful what you ask. Yeah, you better giddy up. I mean, it was all fun and games. I remember the Kyle Whittingham press conference, our first year in the Pac-12, and I think their first Pac-12 game was at USC in the Coliseum. And it's like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm like, oh, huh. oh, oh, that's a that's a conference game. Yes, Oregon's coming to Rice-Eccles Stadium. Yes. Which is great, and that place is going to be rocking, and it's going to be fun. And if you're not careful, you're going to get an ass whooping. Yeah, but I will tell you, the Pac-12 has not lived up to no, no, what we true. thought it was yeah, for exactly. the last ten years. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually been a conference that Utah has competed well in, and hasn't had a perennial champion, which bugs me. I mean, I, I, I know Mark Pope is fired up, he's excited, but at night he's probably at two a.m. with his head on a pill, like, oh boy. Oh, those 21 seasons are going to be a lot. Wait a minute. So we're not playing a home-and-home with San Francisco and Pepperdine anymore. Because what was Dave Rose most well-known for? Well, he's had so many 21 seasons. He'd racked up so many. Yeah. Those are going to be much more difficult. Hey, a 17-win season in the Big 12 is going to be a heck of a year and may even get you in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. In terms of a a 24-win. Yeah, a 24-win season in the West Coast Conference gets you an 11 seed at best. So there's a little bit more room for error in the Big 12. But um, I'm just looking at the <laughs> – so last year, 
Big 12. Iowa State was 2-22. and 22. Let me make sure I'm looking at this right. Iowa State was that bad last year? Yeah. 2-22. Yeah, well, they've really fallen off. Kansas State was 9-20. and 20. TCU was 12-14. and 14. Oklahoma was 16-11. and 11. Texas Tech was 18-11. and 11. West Virginia, 19-10. and 10. Texas, 19-8. and 8. Oklahoma State, 21-9. and 9. Kansas, 21-9. and 9. And then you had Baylor that was Baylor. Yeah. All right, 1125, Hans and Scotty. We're live here at Tim Daly Infinity. We'd love for you to come by and hang out with us. Beautiful rides, price to move, 0% up to 60 months on all these new Infinities. So let's go. Let's have some fun. Come by, hang out with us right here on The Zone Sports Network.